because you think about it, your financial data is very sensitive, not only obviously like the login credentials with someone actually taking your money, but also looking at all of your financial data tells can tell a company or a marketing agency a lot about you that you may not be comfortable sharing. I, I understand sometimes people having an aversion to paying for an app, but I think you have to be aware of the costs. Welcome to Couple Money, a podcast focused on helping spouses get on the same page, dump their debt faster, and get on the path to financial freedom together. I'm your host, Elle Martinez. This podcast is brought to you by Coastal Credit Union. Coastal's mission is to help you live a better life by offering you a better way to bank. Learn how by visiting bankbetter.org. Chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, you do a lot of your banking and finances digitally. In a survey by the Federal Reserve Bank, they found 71% of bank customers regularly use online banking and 43% use mobile. For us, the convenience is hard to beat. I can pretty much do everything I need from my home or on my phone, including depositing checks, scheduling payments, and transfers. I believe the last time I had to step into a branch was a few years ago it was to get a notary to sign something. Now, the other side of living in a world where digital banking is becoming the norm is that we have to be savvy about securing our finances and our data. Data breaches, phishing, and more sophisticated scammers happen and are out there. So how do you take advantage of the new apps and options? There's a lot to cover today, so I'm going to have two experts on. First, we have David Jamsheed. Vice President of Software Development at Coastal Credit Union, and we also have Sam Schultz, co-founder of Honeyfy On. In this episode, we're going to get into key ways you can secure your accounts so you can guard your data and your finances, the pros and cons of free versus paid apps, and then some of the best apps out there for couples so they can manage their money as a team. I learned firsthand years ago how important it is to secure your accounts. When I went to Colorado to attend my cousin's wedding, my purse was snatched. Long story short, it was quite a bit of hassle and work to get everything back to normal. In my purse was all the important things that I used to manage my accounts and also my identity. I had my driver's license. I had my wallet in there. I also had my smartphone. So yeah, it was quite a bit of a mess and in a very vulnerable spot. It definitely could have been worse. So I am very thankful that things in the end worked out. And a big part of that was that I kept my accounts secure. And I hope you never have to go through this. But I do want you to be prepared, which is why I'm so glad I got to speak with David Jamshid because he broke down the steps that you can take now to help you secure your data and your finances. And one of the biggest steps you can take is making sure that you do a good job with your passwords. Number one, change your passwords frequently. Um, I know it's it's somewhat of a hassle coming up with new passwords that yeah. every month or every couple months, but it's imperative that you protect your identity out there. 
So if there has been a breach, mm-hmm. if they have co- um, compromised your password, it's important to keep them uh, fresh all the time. Also create lengthy passwords that you'll remember, but also aren't common out, um, out there. Um, don't use the same passwords across all the web pages, right? That's yes. very important. So once, once your password is compromised, if you use it across all of your different um, uh, web pages or, or mm-hmm. sites, and you use the same username, they'll have access to more of your personal information. So it's good to come up with something that will identify different websites with different passwords for yourself. I have to be honest. Many years ago, I had a problem with this. Between work and personal accounts, I was having a hard time of keeping track of my passwords. And so I was reusing passwords. And I wasn't using the advice about having passwords that have upper and lower cases, includes a number and then also symbols. It just was too much for me to juggle it. So years ago, what I did is I switched and I got a password manager. How a password manager works is that you have all that login info for your different accounts in an encrypted digital vault. Now you can access that through a master password. It could also be a pin or maybe even your fingerprint, depending if you have the password manager on your phone as an app. And with the password manager, as you create accounts, you can use it to generate a secure and unique password for each of those accounts. I've been using LastPass and it's made my life so much easier, but there are a lot of other great options there. One password is another one and they're really affordable. So please don't think that you have to spend a ton of money to protect your accounts. Another way that you can protect your finances is making sure you don't have any unauthorized accounts created in your name, which may happen if someone gets your information through a data breach, but there is something you can do to protect yourself. I also recommend that everybody locks their credit reports uh, Mm -hmm. in all three of them, Mm -hmm. go into Equifax, TransUnion, Experian, uh, lock or freeze them until you know you need to uh, use that the, the credit mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Also check your credit reports yearly. Make sure that there isn't any new um, credit on there that you didn't expect or that you didn't apply for yourself. So the sooner you have access to that or to see that and you can work through and then get that rectified. Now in the show notes, I'm going to have links and phone numbers so you can reach out to each of the credit bureaus to freeze or unfreeze your account. And also I want to let you know that you can check all three of your credit reports for free through annualcreditreport.com. And there's a couple ways that you can do this. You can check all three at once if you want to, or you can stagger them every few months. And this is great to review, not only because you're looking out for fraudulent accounts, but more than likely there's going to be something incorrect or missing. So if you can fix that, make sure that it accurately reflects your account information. You may see an improvement with your credit rating, depending on the situation. Think about fraud and text alerts. So Mm -hmm. those are really useful. Um, You can set that up within our accounts. You set up limits, so any transaction over a certain dollar amount, you'll get a text, you'll get notified that a transaction happened. So if it was a fraudulent transaction, you would immediately get that text. Those notifications definitely do help. I've had one of those few times where I'll get an alert about a purchase that I know I didn't make, and I'll immediately contact the credit card company, or they will reach out and be proactive about it. 
and then we can get that squared away. And a quick mention, if you are a Coastal Credit Union member and you're a victim of identity theft, you have a complimentary service through them called ID Ally. And this service gives you access to a licensed identity theft recovery advocate to help you go through the whole process. You know, there's going to be a lot of paperwork involved so you can get your accounts restored as quickly as possible. A great benefit for sure. But it does pay to ask your local bank or credit union what benefits are offered to you as a customer or as a member. Knowing ahead of time can help you be better armed and less stress should something happen where there's a data breach or your accounts are compromised. You can quickly get the service that you're entitled to. We live in the age of apps. I'm just opening up my phone right now. I have apps for groceries, reading, I have my podcast apps, and of course, my banking and money management apps. Having this easy access is convenient, but at the same time, I'm thinking and wondering about how secure is my information with these apps? And then also, how do they use the data that they have about me? And when we're talking about financial apps, the FinTech space has so many incredible options out there, some free and some paid. So how do you know which ones to choose? Which ones are the good apps and which ones should you stay away from? One of the best ways to arm yourself and protect yourself is by understanding how these apps work. Let's be honest, free apps definitely have an appeal and there are some good ones out there, but there's a cost that you may not be aware of. When I was speaking with Sam Schultz, the co-founder of HoneyFi, he had some great insights. Now, I've recommended HoneyFi back when they were a free app, but they recently transitioned into a paid one, and I still recommend them. And a big part of that is not only is it a great tool, but also because of the team behind it. Their customers are a community, and they want to innovate and improve. They have some new features out that are so helpful, and we'll get into that later. But we're going to get into why they made that transition in the first place from free to paid, because I think it will give you a better idea of what to look out for with whatever money app that you do choose. Free app for customers has, has like a very obvious benefit, right? It's free. You don't pay anything. The, the costs are a little less obvious, uh, but I think people are becoming more aware of them. There's, there's sort of an old expression um, if you aren't paying for it, you're the product. And oftentimes it's really your data that's the, pro the product. So what that means is basically if you're not paying for some software you're using, it's a good bet that the people making that software are trying to make money some other way. Mostly what that is, is get, hitting you with ads or doing stuff with your data, often selling your data. I think people are getting wiser to the fact that like, yeah, I'm not paying you, but how are you making money on me? We'd, when we were free, we would get that question from users. So I, people are becoming more sophisticated with it. I actually use this question when companies reach out about partnering up maybe for a campaign for the site or the podcast, because I do think this is an important question. When you're understanding the business model, you have a better idea of who really benefits from this. Again, this is not saying that free apps in themselves are bad. I just want you to be a savvy consumer when you install an app or sign up for a service. 
for Sam and the other co-founders at HoneyFi, they decided that charging for the app would be the best way for them to deliver value to their customers. So for us, we saw the benefits of charging folks to be doing right by our customers, first and foremost. So we don't have to worry about hitting you with a lot of ads, trying to do interesting stuff with your data that uh, may raise some eyebrows. We can just charge you a straightforward subscription and you know that we have every incentive to just keep making the product better because we want you to stay. There are also a couple other things to consider when you're deciding to go with free or a paid app. These companies have to make money somehow and they have a lot of very valuable data about you. Um, so you just have to be very careful, I think, particularly with financial data and financial uh, apps. The other piece of this is when you're not paying, it's hard to know how long, you know, long this company can be around because they're struggling to make money potentially. And so if, you ha if you've invested a lot of time setting up your finances, getting it all in order, and then poof, that company's gone, that's a scary prospect. You have to start all over again. The other side of it, though, is if you are paying for an app, you should be expecting to get a great value from it. I think the other thing is when we, by taking a subscription fee, we're able to give a lot back to the customer. So on average, customers save 700 bucks with us in their first month. We offer a 1% savings bonus. So we're not just hoarding all this money, we're also using that to innovate and give you big benefits and ultimately save you cash. And it's been fun seeing the new features and benefits that they are adding with the app. The biggest feature we've added is goals. So you can save for individual or joint goals within the app and have that money automatically saved into a um, FDIC insured bank account. And what's awesome is you also earn a 1% savings bonus. What, what I get really excited about with, this, with the savings goals piece is there's different ways you can save and automatically. So you can save a percentage of your income or you can save a set amount each week or each month. And when you automate it like that, you actually save so much more, um, particularly the uh, percentage of your income works just like it would with, let's say, a retirement account or 401k. And it, when you take that money out of your spending account, you end up saving so much more. So we already have a bills feature that helps you identify your recurring bills and track them. We're just giving it a major uh, facelift. So we've at, we're adding the ability so you can see bills that are non-monthly. So do you have a weekly bill, an annual bill? Also, we are um, really making the design beautiful. It's a calendar view, so you can see where in the calendar all these bills are coming up. It helps people visualize what's going on. Um, and make sure they have the cash in the place it needs to be. The other one I'm super excited about is spending challenges. So you can challenge yourself to spend less on a certain category each week or each month. And then if you want, you can automatically set aside your savings into your goal. So let's say you're trying to spend less on dining out this week. And you say, I want to spend less than 150 bucks. If you do that and you stay 50 bucks under that, you can have that money automatically set aside to your vacation goal. So it's really showing you that cost uh, benefit analysis and help you help push yourself to making awesome financial decisions. One of the most popular questions I get from people in the community that are coming to Couple Money is finding the best app for them. What is 
the best money app for couples? And the short answer is, there is no one perfect app for them all. That's because every one of us as couples have a different way to manage money. We have different approaches and different goals and priorities that we're pursuing. I wanna take you through the process of the questions that I ask for community members that reach out to me trying to find the best money app for them. I think this will be a great way for you guys to have a discussion about what's important to you, what features matter most to you, and then you can try out the app for yourself. So the first question I ask is, how do you currently manage your money? And this is important because what you're trying to figure out is, is there one go-to person that handles the finances, or is it both of them? Now, for couples that are proactively trying to keep each other in the loop, going for an app that is specifically designed for couples makes sense. So you would probably consider looking at HoneyFi or Zeta as an option for you. And then related to this is the question I have, how do you handle your accounts? Are you all in with joint accounts? Do you keep things separate, but you still talk about the bills and stuff? Or do you have a mix of both? A lot of your typical money apps will show everything that you link, which isn't a problem for most couples, but sometimes maybe you want to keep certain things separate. For example, I'm self-employed. The business accounts wouldn't be on the shared app if we went that route. A third question I would ask is like, what's your biggest money goal that you're trying to tackle? Paying down debt, are you saving up for something? investing for retirement, or you're looking for a big audacious goal like financial independence. If you have many accounts between you, including investments, then I might suggest something like personal capital, which offers a lot of free tools for you to track the fees in your investment accounts. A fourth question I would ask is, do you prefer looking at the big picture or are you more a details oriented person? I've had some people just tell me, I want to keep this simple when I get bogged down by the numbers. That's when I just tune out and then I don't keep the budget and I don't stay on top of that money. So in that case, I would look for something that's very visual, like mint makes it easy or something like every dollar. But if you're in the opposite side, you love the details, you love numbers, then you might want to go with something like YNAB. But just like we discussed, sometimes opposites attract and get married. So it could be a case where you go with a completely customized look. Like with Tiller, you can pull in that data into spreadsheets and make it look however you want it to. Or you're just looking for a way for you to easily keep tabs one another with the expenses coming out of the joint account. Again, apps like HoneyFi and Zeta, you can message each other and let each other know what's going on with the money. And then finally, I just want to get an idea of what's their approach with money. Are they following a specific plan like Dave Ramsey? Then I would suggest going with every dollar so they can keep with the baby steps. Or if they're crafting their own path, then again, Teller being completely customizable is a great option to go. Or if they're just focused on getting immediate goals step by step, then recommending Honey5 with their goal feature seems to make sense. Or you can go with Mint and theirs. So hopefully you can see that there's no one right app for couples. However, there are several great options. So please take these questions that I have, I'll put it up in the show notes too, and sit down and talk about them. That way you can find an app that you both enjoy, which means that you're more likely to stick with it and start making changes with your finances for the better. 
This segment is brought to you by Coastal Credit Union. If you want to live better, you got to bank better. Find out how at bankbetter.org. Before we wrap up, I want to focus on some key takeaways I got as I prepared for this episode, along with the choice you can make for the money tip that you can do this week. The first one is nobody is going to care about your money and data like you do. So please be informed and make choices that are aligned with your values with whatever service or app that you sign up for. Related to that is the second point. Free isn't always free. If you're not paying for the service upfront on some level, then that means that you're the product. So you really have to know yourself well. If you're a type of person where you're tempted by credit card ads, then getting an app that flashes that may not be the best choice for you. Or since you know what's coming ahead, it's not a big deal. Just be prepared. Okay, so for the money tip this week, I'm actually gonna give you a choice. Depending on where you are right now this year with your finances, the first choice is getting your financial system in order. If you haven't got one already, this is the week to do it. Whether it's an app, spreadsheet, pen and paper, I don't care. I just want you to be able to track and stay on top of your money quickly and easily. The second is securing your accounts this weekend. If you feel like a password manager is the way to go, go for it. LastPass is the one I use and I recommend, but 1Password has also gotten some great reviews. And look at things like two-factor authentication for your accounts and make sure you're not reusing passwords, especially across your financial accounts like your bank accounts and your money apps. Of course, if you ever have any questions or you want to talk about this more, the apps that you love, questions that you have about them, please reach out. We have a free and private Facebook group called Thriving Families. We're really focused on helping one another out with our big money goals. You can find us over at couplemoney.com slash FB. We hope to see you there. Special thanks to Sam and David for being a part of this episode. Later this week, I'm going to release the full interviews we did with each one on our YouTube channel. So be on the lookout for them. As always, I'll have the resources we mentioned in this episode, plus some bonuses over at Couple Money in the show notes. And next week on the podcast, we're talking about one of the stickiest money situations couples may find themselves dealing with, whether or not to loan money to friends and family. My great buddy Jen Hemphill of Her Dinero Matters will be on and we will be discussing different ways you can help your family and friends without putting your own money or marriage in jeopardy. So if you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed. You don't want to miss out on the episode. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it. And if you want to share this episode with your friends, I would be so grateful. Let's make money a way to connect instead of being a wedge in our relationships. Our theme song was written and performed by Gentle Regime. Additional music by Lee Rosevere and audio. Finally, and most importantly, Thank you so much. I appreciate your support. If you ever have any questions, stories, or tips that you want to share, please reach out to me on social media. I'm at Couple Money. I hope you have a wonderful week. Take care.